Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. We're going to address the question on today's show, why did the left this month make an about face and change their position on the origin of the coronavirus? Why was it? The conservative media in analyzing this, they're arguing that Well, there are defectors, and there's evidence coming to light, and the truth is going to be known, so they're trying to get ahead of it. So clearly that can't be the case, right? When does the left correct themselves for something as insignificant to them as the truth, as the facts? Of course, the answer is never. They never do that. So although it runs the risk of Bob and Yurt Live becoming somewhat conspiratorial. And that is scary here at Bob and Yurt Live because we've devoted a tremendous amount of effort to combating the conspiracy theories. In fact, at kgov.com conspiracy, you'll see a great list of the conspiracy theories that we have helped people recover from. And, you know, I don't even think that list has our work exposing the absurdity of the flat earth and the moon hoax landing, all that absurdity. So we'll have to add those, right? I'm asking my producer, let's add that to our list of the conspiracy theories that we've helped to debunk at kgov.com conspiracy. So it might sound initially like a conspiracy, but when you realize the commitment of the left to social justice. I think you can see that our analysis of why they would all spin on a dime and take now the opposite approach. It's no longer a conspiracy theory to think that the virus was leaked from the Wuhan lab, but in fact, it's a reasonable hypothesis That needs to be investigated. We have to get to the truth of the matter. So what happened? Why did that change? Also today, former Vice President Joe Biden apparently is going to speak about crime. Who cares what the former Vice President Joe Biden thinks about crime? The truth is at kgov.com slash crime. That's where the truth is. In Baltimore, by the way, just in the last 10 days, they've had 18 murders, 18, many other people shot. So the police commissioner there, Michael Harrison, he's obviously a liberal. You know, in a lot of police forces, the rank and file tend to be far more conservative. And as you go up the chain of command, they become increasingly liberal so that an association of police officers, you might find many who support the death penalty, generally holding many conservative views, but when you get to the police chiefs, forget about it. They're awfully leftist, and that makes sense. That's the way it works. 
At any rate, Baltimore's police commissioner said today that he needs more boots on the ground and he needs more funding. And so just because we have an enormous increase in black people being murdered directly following the defunding of police departments in the jihad against the police in major city after city in America, just because thousands more will be murdered, this uptick, this increase, while the left says, well, it's because of guns. Well, we haven't had a 50% increase in the availability of guns in the last 12 months. So what is it that explains the increase in violence? And, you know, the left, they're so insulting to their own people. It's as though you give their followers some guns and they say, oh, here are guns. We have to go kill people. It's just, it's really, it's the guns. How insulting the left is to their own. How insulting feminists are to girls and to women. How insulting. So do you expect that the left will eventually correct themselves and say, you know, we were wrong to demonize the police and to defund the police and to remove effectively around the country thousands of police officers from their jobs. We were wrong and we apologize and we need to reverse course. You expect that to happen? No, that's so absurd. So Tucker Carlson, the conservatives, so-called, on Fox News, they think that the left realizes that the truth is coming out about the Wuhan virus, and so therefore they need to correct themselves. Now that's, that's just, I mean, since when do liberals correct themselves after being contradicted by the evidence? or by the truth, or even by the truth becoming widely known. When do leftists reverse themselves on anything because of the facts? The answer is never. It's like Tucker Carlson reports on the violence of BLM over the last year. Did the left ever come around to saying, hey, we must have been wrong. Black lives matter. They don't really care about black lives. And in fact, they're way more systematically racist than those they accuse. No, the left isn't responsive to evidence, to facts, to the truth. How about the Ferguson effect and the Minneapolis effect, the George Floyd effect? In Ferguson, Missouri, with Michael Brown, what a thug. He was committing suicide by cop. Overwhelming evidence that he was the one at fault. And yet, how many blacks had to die because of the jihad against the police based on a false narrative. They're going to apologize? Never. The truth is utterly irrelevant to them. Whether they contradict themselves, even on national TV in a debate, it doesn't matter. If they contradict themselves, if they are hypocrites, if all the evidence is against them, none of it matters. The truth is utterly irrelevant to the left, and that's because more overtly than even so many on the right, they hate Jesus Christ. And he is the truth, as he said. So they don't have a welcoming attitude toward the truth. They don't even tolerate the truth, let alone welcome it. 
So Russiagate, how about that one? The Trump-Russia collusion hoax. After all the money and time spent, now the left has admitted their error in that, in the Trump-Russia collusion, because all the facts are out now? No, of course not. You'll die waiting for them to admit that error. The trillions of dollars, welfare dollars, going to the poor in America and around the world. Have they admitted how much all that money has hurt? What, four or five generations? A billion people? Of course they haven't admitted that. How about even their adult fairy tales of the Big Bang and Darwinism? Has the overwhelming evidence brought them around on those? Or on, take even something like the theory of the origin of the Grand Canyon. The river did it. Yeah, right. The river did it. There's a hundred rivers in the world more powerful than the Colorado River. And they say the Colorado River carved out the Grand Canyon. In fact, if you're interested in that, you can see a couple fascinating graphics on our website at kgov.com gc. GC, for public school teachers tuning in right now, that stands for Grand Canyon. kgov.com slash GC. So why would it be that the left has done a 180 on now demanding the truth, looking for the evidence that the coronavirus very well may have begun in a lab. Now, remember, the origin, it went from a bat, right? if you think historically, it came from a bat, to the second argument was the same, but added, this is not a gain of function. And then they added, this is not from a lab, to then it was, we may never know the origin, like the director of national intelligence, we may never know where this started, to now, we have to investigate to it may have come from the lab. What's the explanation for that change? Well, let me share with you a new story from this week. And this is not the explanation for the change in position by the left. But it's certainly relevant and interesting to those who do want to know the truth. This is from the dailywire.com. They have an article about a paper published at bioarchive.org. So this is a preprint server for biology papers. And this paper is written by Professor Jesse Bloom. He's a virologist from Seattle, the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. And the Daily Wire's headline Scientist says he discovered deleted evidence of earliest known COVID patients in Wuhan. And this is really interesting. So out today, the story, he uploaded this paper yesterday. So this American professor, virologist, publishes that he has evidence that critical data was deleted Critical data from the earliest confirmed COVID-19 patients in Wuhan, China, the data, the sequencing of the virus that they were infected with, 
was deleted, and therefore, obviously, it eliminated key information on how the virus originated. The title of his paper is Recovery of Deleted Deep Sequencing Data, like genome sequencing, you look at the DNA or RNA and you sequence it, you see what are the order of the genetic letters that make up the DNA. And so the title of his paper, Recovery of Deleted, Deleted, Deep Sequencing Data, Sheds More Light on the Early Wuhan SARS-CoV-2 Epidemic. So he's looking at the NIH database, their sequence archive, where scientists from around the world, they upload the sequences that they use laboratory equipment, and you find out the order of the genetic letters, and they take that data and upload it to the National Institute of Health's sequence archive, and he says he found 45 samples, positive samples from Wuhan patients that were deleted from the NIH's sequence archive. How about that? He says, I recovered the deleted files from the Google Cloud. So somebody deleted them. But, you know, they say the Internet is forever. I had an idiot judge say that in a case that I won here in Colorado. What an idiot judge. We won a case. I won't get into the details. I recovered the deleted files from the Google Cloud and reconstruct partial sequences of 13 early epidemic viruses. So a virus mutates, right? Especially when they're trying to mutate it in a laboratory, then it really mutates. So he said he's recovered these various sequences and he found something rather peculiar. He writes this, and it might be hard to understand. I'll try to interpret it. Phylogenetic analysis of these sequences in the context of carefully annotated existing data suggests that the Hunan seafood market sequences that are the focus of the joint WHO-China report are not fully representative of the viruses in Wuhan early in the epidemic. And then he goes on to say that the early sequences were more different from the virus in bats as the sequences that were not deleted. In other words, the patients that China publicly admitted and became known to researchers, and so that's some weeks or even months later, those patients, their virus was more like the bat virus than the early patients, and that's the opposite of what you'd expect because viruses mutate. So in a zoonotic disease, like a zoo, zoonotic disease, when a pathogen, a virus, jumps from an animal to a human and then spreads to many humans, it continues to mutate. So the earliest infected humans should have the virus that is most similar to the one in the animal. But Professor Jesse Bloom says, in this case, it, it's not that way at all. It's, it's weird. The 
viruses in the earlier patients are more different than the viruses later. Now, as to the reason why these early sequences were deleted from the NIH sequence archive, he says he doesn't want to suggest that there was malfeasance, that anyone did anything wrong. Now, that seems really weird to me, but he's a professional in the industry, right? So he doesn't want to become the black sheep and outcast. But he says, well, you know, when scientists upload data, they could then just submit an email and say, uh, could you take that down? <laughs> yeah, obviously, right? But wouldn't the NIH obviously let all of their scientists know that somebody from China said, let's remove all of the earliest virus sequences? Wouldn't that be relevant to an investigation into the origin of the virus? So I can't see how this could be accounted for other than some bad actors doing this. But as for the earliest patients having viral strains or variants that are further mutated than the later patients, to me, although I don't believe Bloom makes this point, to me that's further evidence of a leak from the lab because the lab, as they're mutating the virus, they obviously have original virus, virus version 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 2.0. And if multiple versions of the virus were accidentally leaked at the same time or at different times, that's one really understandable way of explaining why the earliest patients known had what looked like later versions of the virus than the patients that were the first ones to become public. The Daily Mail over in London, they report from a Professor Lawrence Young. He's with the University of Warwick. He's a molecular biologist. And he said the study further cements the fact that the virus was circulating in Wuhan before the outbreak in December. It highlights and reinforces the inadequacy of the original WHO investigation. WHO, the WHO, not the rock group, but the World Health Organization, which was compromised by not being able to access data. Compromised, that's probably exactly what they wanted. This just shows how important it is to understand the early spread of the virus in any future investigation really does need to look seriously at the whole issue. So here we are in late June 2021, and you have a well-known molecular biologist saying, you know, we should look seriously at this. Obviously, that has not been done to this day. So why did the left turn on a dime and suddenly this month correct themselves after insisting for, what, 15 months that you are a kook, you are a nut, it's a conspiracy theory to claim that this may have originated in the lab. Why did they change? And I submit that when Tucker Carlson says it's because the truth is coming out, that just can't be the reason. 
It simply cannot be the reason because the left, they have the media, they have the universities, they have the government, they have Hollywood, they have the social media, they have high tech, they have control of all of that, and the truth is utterly irrelevant to them. But something that's not irrelevant to them is social justice and their hatred of America. So on this program yesterday, we talked about the lawsuits that are likely to hit from third world countries, not only third world, second world. You're not allowed these days to use those terms. They're offensive. So third world countries that are going to sue us when it becomes increasingly clear that the National Institutes of Health, the very organization that somehow deleted the earliest genetic sequences of the virus, that very organization funded the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab so that the bat coronavirus could become more deadly and more transmissible among human beings. When that becomes increasingly known and you're a poor country in Africa and the pandemic crippled your already struggling economy and killed whatever the number is, 13,000 of your people, then you're going to go to The Hague in Europe or you're going to file a lawsuit against the United States of America. And that lawsuit is going to ask for $600,000 per person killed and $7 billion for the damage to their economy. And that's just one country out of hundreds. And their justification will be that America recklessly paid for the virus to be made into a more lethal weapon. Not an intentional biological weapon, but they made it into a more lethal weapon, regardless of the fact that it was just to study it. It was reckless because if it escaped from their lab, their egos notwithstanding, as though they are not capable of mistakes, even though the Wuhan lab was known and it had been reported about their insufficient procedures, even though all that was known so that Anthony Fauci And the NIH, meaning the U.S. government, was reckless. And apparently Google also funded this research. How's that one? Google, too. And Google, they're the ones who censored any mention that the virus may have originated in the lab where they funded the scientists doing the research. Now, the last I'm aware of that it's openly documented that they funded this research was about 10 years ago. I don't know if they funded the research more recently, but Google has deep pockets, but nothing like America. So the world will see America as the cash cow and the coronavirus as the gift that keeps on giving. So the left, with their interest in wealth transfer, right, wealth transfer, it's not only from the rich to the poor, They love transferring money from the middle class to the wealthy. They even like transferring it from the poor to the poor, the poor to the wealthy, just like a a sales tax to build a stadium owned by billionaires, right? So they're taxing the poor 
to help the wealthy. So liberals, they love wealth transfer because no matter which way it goes, they get a cut, right? They're the middleman. But when you talk about wealth transfer from the rich to the poor or from America, the nation that they hate, to the rest of the world, they can hardly constrain their joy at taking billions of dollars from American taxpayers and sending it abroad. So when the left realizes that this is a bonanza for their global social justice to deplete America's account balances, to drain our revenue and transfer it to the nations of Africa and Asia and South America and Central America and Europe, This is perhaps the biggest boon to their desire to see America humbled as anything they've ever achieved. So it could be that Tucker Carlson is right, and for the first time in their history, the left has decided to correct themselves based on the evidence, based on the truth. It could be first time in history, but that's not likely. It's likely that they've realized that their lust for your money, their lust for the checkbooks of 100 million American families, to be able to tap into those checkbooks and lose in court, agree to out-of-court settlements where continent by continent they are going to pay off for America's role In the origin of the coronavirus, they're going to pay off hundreds of billions of dollars per continent. I mean, this is this is like a greater success than anything the left has ever dreamed of. So perhaps around here, some people said, Bob, they're not that smart. And I do agree that they're dumber than dirt. But there's something about an evil wickedness, you know, when they focus on their wickedness how they could become devious and almost ingenious at hurting the innocent. The devil is cunning. There's only one devil, you know, for 30 years, Bob and Your Live broadcast five days a week. We have people who will call, email, and say, the devil was tempting me to X, Y, Z. And I think there's 7 billion people in the world. There's only one devil and he is not omnipresent. So people say, Bob, I know the devil is after you, and I think, boy, wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, you realize how important we'd be if the devil was after me? It'd be just great. Lucifer is focused on Denver Bible Church, kgov.com. It'd mean we're doing something really, really, really right, but generally speaking, realizing that there's only one devil— And he's not omnipresent. Yeah, there are demons. That's true. And quite a few of them. I mean, if you take some verses in the Bible literally, that would imply there are about 50 million demons. That's a lot of demons. If you get our Revelation Bible study, you'll see where we come up with that. If you take some verses in the Bible literally. So is the left devious enough to realize that this will be the greatest boon of wealth transfer from America 
to third world nations, exactly what they've been fighting for for decades? Are they smart enough to realize that the very catastrophe that they created through their high priest, Fauci, could give them the payoff of the century, of their lives, of their careers? It's possible. So we'll see. And the truth often comes out regardless. Of course, on Judgment Day, all the truth comes out. It's a little scary, but if you trust in Jesus Christ, then you're forgiven. And what a place to be with him as your attorney rather than as the prosecutor against you. So trust in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, and love the truth. That means him first. And then, yeah, the rest of the truth. This is Bob Enyart. May God bless you.